Hey, this is Dylan Rogers, director of Bold View. I'm so excited that you're checking out the podcast today. I'm hoping and praying that it helps you grow in passion, prayer, purity, and purpose. I hope to see you on Monday nights at Bold Youth or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer in Kansas City. We are determined to see a generation in bold pursuit of King Jesus. Hey, Bold Youth, so excited to be with you tonight. Hey, we are praying for you and believing that the best is yet to come. I know this quarantine uh, can be difficult. It's been a little hard for me and Allie uh, for us just to continue staying close together and staying uh, relationally close to our friends and family. So we are uh, understanding and praying with you during this time. Hey, we're not going to quit that. We're going to keep pressing in. We're going to keep going after God. So, hey, turn up the music on uh, your, your phone, your tablets, your TV wherever you're looking at, we're going to listen to some worship from Katie Reed and the worship team. It's going to be amazing. Let's get ready to worship right now. Okay, then it'll fade out. Does that sound okay? Is that all right? Sounds good to me. You want to bring them while the camera's on? Yeah, right now? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're, we're just going to do it right now. They'll, they'll cut it all out. Yeah, that'll all be cut out. It's all part of service. All right. Aaron, can you check that center camera? It's less exhilarating than you think it is, definitely. This is the sermon. I don't believe you. This will be the sermon, yes. Mute your phones, y'all. Go ahead and mute phones, yeah. All that good stuff. Where are you going to be standing? Uh, Right here. Do I need to move over? Does this help? And it's still technically in the shot, but it's like just the upper corner of the shot. It's like peeking its head in. So just move it back just a bit. Yeah, just flutter. Uh, yes. You might have to take it down. That, that is good right there. Okay. And then center yourself, Dylan. Wait, you don't even need that Perfect. mic. You never know. We good? All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> I just had a hair in my mouth. Couldn't get out. <clears throat> All right, Sean. I hope you laughed at that. I know you're editing this. I love you, bro. Thank you so much. Here we go. Right out of worship. Hey, Bold Youth, I hope you enjoyed that worship set. I know Allie and I did. Uh, We are worshiping as hard and excited as we possibly can here in our living room. Uh, And I hope you did as well. I'm telling you, even though we're in quarantine, we're not physically together at Bold Youth, uh, we we still have these opportunities where we can worship together and still show excitement and joy for Jesus. So uh, I hope every Monday night you are are feeling that even though we're, we're not at Bold Youth. So tonight, Tonight, though, um, I, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit from the, the past weeks that we've had doing Bold Youth Online. Um, and this week, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about just digging into 
the scriptures. And it's going to be a little bit different tonight. And just while I've been studying this week uh, and praying and listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying, uh, I've just felt this desire to dive deep into the scriptures. And I know every message that we go through, we're, we're getting into, uh, you know, the scriptures, but it's been kind of this uh, preach or this teach tonight. I want it to be a literal breakdown, uh, verse by verse, so to say, of the scriptures. So tonight, what I would like you to do, hey, go ahead, grab a journal, grab a Bible. I have mine with me too. I'm not going to be uh, reading from them, but I would encourage you get a physical Bible and a journal, get a pen and get ready for tonight. Because here's what I believe. I think even though we are in the midst of coronavirus, we're in the midst of quarantine, the answer to the questions that we're asking, right? Why is this stuff happening? Why is God allowing it to happen? Maybe you've had some of those questions, some doubts, some, some worries, some anxiety. Those are all very real, but here is the true answer. It's not coming from me. It's not coming from pastors across the world, the true answer comes from the word of God, from the Bible. And we have to believe that. So we're going to start doing these recurring series called Get That Bread, the bread of life, the word of God, Jesus himself. Even in John 16, Jesus talks about uh, telling these things so that you would have peace so that in the world, even though you have trouble, you would have heart because he has overcome the world. And that's the promise. Those are direct words from Jesus that the word of God, the Bible is our answer in these times. And no matter what circumstance we're facing. And the truth is, is that it comes from this book. And I can just tell you time after time in my life, diving into the scriptures, getting deep roots into the word of God has been the answer to every problem I've ever faced. So tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter eight. That's where we're going to break down today. Romans chapter eight, just to give you a background on uh, this, this letter that Paul wrote. Um, it's one of the letters that are in the Bible that he wrote in the New Testament. Romans uh, was one of the letters that he wrote um, explaining the new covenant with God, explaining how we are now saved by grace through faith, grace coming from God, faith in Jesus. Also where, where Jesus talks about, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's the only way to get to the Father is through me. That's that idea that Paul's talking about here in Romans. He, he just breaks that down that we're saved by the grace of God through through faith in Jesus. And he's writing this revelation that he's gotten on the love of God, the love that God has poured out on our world, on his people. And what I love about it is it's not only how we receive our salvation, but it's also how we as his people, as children of God are able to reveal that same thing to the world. So we're going to break down verses 10 through 21. So Romans 8 verses 10 through 21. Go ahead and flip it open. We're going to have a ton of scripture tonight. I'm really, really excited to get into it. I'll tell you what, if you're ready, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Let me see it. All right, here we go. We're going to jump right in. Romans chapter eight, verses 10 it says, if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, so that same spirit that lifted Jesus from the dead, we, we celebrated that yesterday during Easter, that same spirit that lifted him from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not of the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God, catch this, those are the children of God. 
So this spirit you've received does not make you slaves that you live in fear again. No, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him, by that spirit, by the father in heaven, we cry, Abba, father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits. And what it's talking about right there is the world. The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation, that the people would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Let's pray real quick. And we're going to break this scripture down. Father, thank you that we have your word, the blueprint of life, the answers that we are all longing for that we need. God, right now, I'm asking that you would just speak to us. Holy Spirit, that you would uh, just Give us wisdom, give us revelation of the scriptures that while we're in Romans 8, talking about the, the new covenant that you have with us and the, the way that we're able to come after you now and, and to reveal the goodness that is in you, that we would just know you more. Reveal it to us, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to literally get right into this verse. So verse 10 and 11 is where we're going to start. And it says, but if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. So right there, we have that, that first part where it's no longer are we just subject to death, but we actually have life because of the righteousness that Jesus gave us. So when Jesus died, when he gave his life, you know, we celebrated on Good Friday. Uh, that was just a few days back, right? We're celebrating this sacrifice that Jesus gave us. That was not just so that we could be saved, but it was so that we could actually have life, so that we could be put in right standing or have righteousness with God. That's what that means. To be God's righteousness is to be in right standing or to be in his favor, to be in his sight, for him to be with us again. Jesus paid the price of sin. He paid our sin debt so that we could have a full life. And we celebrated that on Good Friday, that he uh, gave his perfect life for us to be restored to God. And he was the perfect representation of that, right? This life of righteousness, Jesus was that. It was the perfect representation of the law of the Old Testament, the Mosaic law, that Jesus didn't come to abolish that is what he said. He, he came so that he could fulfill it, so that he could make us right in it because we couldn't do it on our own. We could only do it through the power of God, through the power of Jesus. And when he died, when he gave his perfect life for us, that was the ultimate sacrifice for sin. And it took away the power. It took away death. And it made us right with God. And I love 2 Corinthians 5.21. Here's what it says. I told you we're going to have a lot of scripture tonight. Five, uh, or 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So it was Jesus saying, I'm, I'm going to come down. I'm going to have no sin in my life. I'm going to be unblemished. I am going to be the sacrifice for you, for your friends, for the world, so that all of you can come back to God so you can be right with God. And I just love, I love that. And it goes on in uh, this, this Romans chapter eight. It then says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And I love that that last part of that verse in the King James Version, it translates another way. It says he will quicken your mortal bodies. And what that's talking about is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came back, when we celebrated Easter Sunday and he raises from the dead through the spirit that God had, had poured out, that same spirit is now within us. And what it does, the purpose of it is to uh, give us energy or to quicken our mortal body. See this, this flesh, this physical body, it, it's been subjected to death, right? Through sin. However, we have this spirit that God gave us that will live for eternity. That's the promise that when you believe in Jesus, when you declare that he is king, you will have eternal life. And that same spirit, that same life that lifted him from the grave is now in you. And now your mortal body is quickened. So what does that mean? I like to think of it as the Energizer battery commercials. I'm sure you remember these, this little pink bunny who's got his little flip-flops on. He's uh, click clacking around on the floor and he's banging that drum. But what happens in every commercial is he'll go for a little while and then he'll start to slow down. He'll slow down some more until eventually he dies or he just quits. And then the whole commercial is they put in this new Energizer battery in his back and all of a sudden this jolt of electricity hits him and he springs to life and he's not just walking around banging his drum, but he's sprinting around across the screen, banging the drum, doing exactly what he was supposed to do in the first place. And that's the same thing with the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, when you try to beat this drum of life in your own power and your own standing, when you try to accomplish this thing on your own, you're going to burn out. You're going to slow down and eventually you will burn out on this thing. But that's why Jesus came back from the grave and poured out the Holy Spirit so that your mortal body would be quickened or energized, or it would be in a, a state where not only would he give you the mission, but you would have the source, the power to accomplish it. And that's the beauty of this new covenant that God gave us is that he would give us a mission, but give us the, the power or the source to see it through. And now we have the spirit of God to crush the devil's head, including right now. See, I know, I know you're facing a lot of doubt. You're facing a lot of questions. You have a lot of people around you that may be asking you, why is God doing this? What is the purpose behind it? I have to tell you, there is an enemy in this world. He's very real. He's attacking us. And he is not one who's just sitting back idle, letting us just go through life like rainbows and unicorns. No, he is real. He is prowling about like a lion, seeking who he may devour. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to realize the same spirit that lifted Jesus from the dead is now inside of you. And it is something that you can cling to and it will energize you and quicken your spirit, quicken your mortal body so that you can accomplish the will of God. And I just love that. I love the idea that God would give us a mission, but give us the source or the power to see it through. Let's pick up in verses 12 and 13 of Romans. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Another word for obligation is a commitment. So we have this commitment, not of the flesh to live according to the flesh. No, because we're now living according to the spirit, Right. So we're not going to live according to the flesh because that's what leads to death. The flesh or sin leads to death. That's the wages of sin. It's death. But now we have this, this spirit for uh, when we live by the spirit and put to death the misdeeds. What are those misdeeds? That's sin. That's the, the things against the will of God. 
when we live by the spirit and put to death the misdeeds of the body, that's how we find life. So what Paul is saying here is we have to understand uh, why we have this spirit of God and that it's, we're now in a commitment with God. We're in this, we have this uh, obligatory desire in us to accomplish God's will. And what is that? It's to crush the enemy. It's to tell the devil, you know what? You're not going to have any power over us. You may be attacking. You may have your own weapons, but we're not going to stand for those. We're going to, to walk in the spirit of God. And I love it in Ephesians. 6, 11, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's the Holy Spirit, the power that he's poured out on, onto to all mankind so that we could walk in the spirit of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Those are the, the misdeeds of the flesh, the devil's schemes to get you to listen to your flesh, to listen to the world, to listen to the lies, to listen to the confusion. No, you're going to listen to God, his word, the Bible, listening to the Holy Spirit, letting him lead you during this time. It's the same thing that's happening with this coronavirus. This is not something that the, the father has poured out onto the earth to hurt us or to harm us. We know that the scriptures say that he's not here to harm us. He's not forsaken us. He has a will to see us through, to prosper us, that when we're walking according to his will, that's another way of saying putting to death the things that we used to do and walking in the life that he's poured out. That's when we have the real power. That's when we're walking in the truth of God's life, of Jesus's life, that we're not going to, to lose ground, even though the physical things around us are, are maybe crumbling down. We may be losing things. We may be losing relationships. We may be losing some financial stability. No, we're going to cling to the word of God. We're going to cling to the spirit that says, if you put on the full armor, if you cling to the power of the Lord, that's how you take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our commitment is to God. He's got to have our heart. He's got to have our minds, our soul. He has the power that we need to see this thing through. And that's what we use to crush the devil. That's what we use to extinguish the fiery arrows. So he's going to try to start these little fires, but we have the power from God to extinguish them and stand firm. In verse 14 and 15, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. See, the spirit you receive does not make you a slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received has brought about your adoption to sonship where you start to cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with ours that we are God's children. See, we're led by the spirit of God because we're now children of God. So that's one thing I, I'm sure we can all relate to. Me especially, I always think about my dad, uh, not, not God in heaven, but my actual dad here on earth. Uh, when I was little, I was growing up, I used to get in a lot of trouble. I used to just get into things. I was very mischievous. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes all the way through my high school years. But the one thing I could always count on is my dad being there for me and knowing that no matter what mistakes I made, no matter what uh, wrong decisions I might have made, that he would always look at me and call me his son. And I remember when Allie and I moved to, to Kansas City uh, two years ago, about a month and a half after we moved here, I actually got laid off from my first job. And it was this moment where I honestly, I was terrified. And now I was being faithful to God. I was reading the scriptures. I was praying and crying out to him. But it was this moment where the enemy struck me and he attacked me and he took away a job that I thought that was secure. And I remember in that moment, having such fear, not knowing what I was going to do, not knowing how I was going to provide for my family. But in that moment, I called my dad and I said, dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't believe this happened. I, I'm supposed to be the, the head of my household. I'm supposed to be the, the spiritual leader. I'm supposed to provide. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no job. I have no money. And I'll never forget on that phone call. He just so calmly, just peacefully, he said, son, I would never let anything happen to you. You may be across the country. You may be running on this, this purpose that God's given you, but I promise you, I will not let you fall to this. I'm with you. I have your back. This isn't going to be something that ends in death. I have your back. And it was this moment where I realized that not only is my dad here for me, but my dad, my father in heaven, he's with me in every circumstance. And I'm telling you just a a month after that, I got a job that not only started bringing in another income, but it doubled what I was making before then. And it was the favor of God, of the response from my heart that I got from my dad saying, I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe that my father is for me and that I'm going to be led by the spirit of God because I am a child of God. See, there's all, the, all these times where we're going to be attacked. And even in this, this scripture, it says, so that you don't live in fear again. Notice it doesn't say that you'll never live in fear again. You'll never experience anxiety. You'll never experience hardship. No, it doesn't say that. It says, but instead, I'm going to give you this spirit that makes you realize that you've been adopted by God in heaven, meaning you've now become a son or a daughter. And because of that, even though you have fear, even though you experience anxiety, your response will be different. Your response will be, I have a God who's for me. I'm a child of God. And that's the response we have to have in turmoil. That's the response we have to have during chaos is that it's not going to be, oh, I've lost my possession. So I'm done with God. No, it's, I have nothing uh, in my heart about these possessions. My heart is set on God. My heart is set with Jesus. My heart is full of the Holy Spirit. He's all that I need. And he will provide the things that I need on earth to survive. He'll be the one that gives me peace. He'll be the one who gives me my joy. It's not something that comes from the world or possessions. It's something that only comes from God. Now, verse 18 and 19, I know we're going through this. I hope you're, you're enjoying this. Just breaking down the scriptures. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. I actually just messed that up. I got to go back. Cool. Sean, if you're reading this, uh, once I start to transfer over to verse 18 and 19, we're going to cut right there and we'll pick up right here at verse 16 and 17. Also, Bethany, when I do verses 20 and 21, that's when you'll come up. Cool. I needed a breather anyway. How much time are we at? So about 18 minutes. Uh, yeah, but we had the intro and the okay, so we're doing okay on time. I'm not, I feel like I'm going way long. Cool. All right. I need to talk about 16 and 17. I didn't structure these notes very well. Okay, so we're going to pick up in verse 16 and 17. What's the last thing I said? Okay. So we're going to pick up right here in verse 16 and 17. It says, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God 
co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, this is a very unique scripture right here, because what it's saying is now you have this spirit, right? That's what we talked about in the first couple of verses. And through that spirit, you have this revelation of your sonship with God, right? Now, after you have the revelation that you are a son of God, you are a daughter of God. Now he's saying, you get your inheritance. You become an heir of God, a co-heir with Christ Jesus. Now, I know what you're thinking. How in the world could I be a co-heir? How can I be on level playing field with Jesus? Well, let me tell you something. That's the grace of God. That's grace poured out that even though we have very little in the part we play with our salvation, part of coming into God's family, see grace was God's move. That was him pouring out his, his power and his spirit, his son, giving his son for you and me so that we could know him again. That was a beautiful act of grace. And then we just play this smart, small part of faith where we say yes to Jesus. We're putting our faith in him. See, he did all the work for us, but it's our job to say yes. It's our job to come to him. And through that, we become children. And as children, we become co-heirs of Christ. Now that comes with a few things you have to understand is that with being a co-heir of Christ means you not only get all of the good, but you get some of the bad too, right? And it says it right there. You indeed, we're going to share in the sufferings in order that we may also share in the glory. See, the glory is the promise, but suffering sometimes comes. And we're seeing that right now. You want to know what coronavirus is? It's part of suffering. And that's not from God. That's not God's uh, just will that we would all be in suffering. No, that's an attack from the enemy to get us to believe that God is bad or that God's causing this to happen. See, that's what the enemy wants us to do. I don't think that the enemy's greatest scheme is getting people to not believe in God. I believe it's getting people to believe lies about God. I think that's the biggest scheme of the enemy is that he would make people believe things about God that are not realities. And the truth is bold. The truth is for your friends that God is not causing harm to come on your house He's not taking away things that, that you truly need. No, that's the enemy attacking. It's him prowling about. It's him throwing these flaming arrows, causing fire to happen around our worldly possessions, as we just talked about. But God, he is the one who's calling us co-heirs. And he's telling us right here through Paul that there's some suffering that's going to come. There's some hardships that are going to come your way. However, there is this, this order of events that happen is that when we're going through suffering, our response sets us up to reveal God's glory. Now, let me, let me show you what I mean here. My favorite part of this is right here in, in Colossians 1, 28 through 29. It says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. That's Paul writing again there. What he's saying is there are things that are going to happen that you don't understand. There's some suffering, some hardships that are going to happen that honestly, they're not fair. <laughs> they're not ones that you would say, man, I really enjoy this. And even think about Paul's life. There was a point in his time where he was considered the, the religious elite. Like he was the, he talks about the Jew of Jews. Like he was the one who knew all things or he thought that he knew all things. Paul was one who I guarantee you never saw himself sitting in prison cells writing seven letters to the churches that would be recorded in the Bible for, for all time. So that we today, thousands of years later would be recalling these things and, and growing together and becoming one and unified within the church. 
See, Paul realized that even though there were sufferings, that his job, his goal was to reveal the glory of God. See, we're going to share in that revelation. However, sometimes it requires walking through some suffering or walking through some hardships. It's just our response in those times. It's what we're doing in the time. Are we leaning on God? Are we contending for our friends? Are we going after them in the midst of these storms or are we sitting back idle? See, we have to share Christ by going to battle for him, regardless of what happens to us. See, when I lost my job when we moved here, I could have very easily said, you know what? This was a mistake. We shouldn't have moved here. Allie, we've got to go back to Alabama where it was comfortable and we were living in a, 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 a double wide trailer. Like we got to go back to where it was comfortable. No, that was not my response. It was, Allie, we have a faithful God. We have one who is, who is for us. He has got a plan for our lives. He moved us here for a reason. This is the enemy attacking us, but we have a God who is on our side and we're going to go to battle. We're going to go to war. This is a time where the enemy might be trying to, to fight us, but our God has the ultimate victory. And that's got to be our response today. See, it's not socially acceptable to be a radical Christian. And what I mean by being a radical Christian is literally just living the Bible, being one who prays in every circumstance being one who stands up for the standards of Christ, being one who stands up for Christ, period. Because I'm telling you right now, the world is not responding in a way uh, that is for Christ. During this pandemic, people aren't wanting to lean into God. No, we're, we're scrambling around trying to hoard all of our resources, hoarding the canned goods, hoarding the toilet paper, hoard, hoarding all of the possessions in fear that we're not going to have or be provided for later. No, see, as, as Christians, we have to stand firm, clinging to the word of God that we we know he is preparing a place for us, that he is a God who is prepared for our season. He is not one who is surpri surprised by this. This didn't catch him off guard. He, trust me, bold. He wasn't in heaven looking at earth and saw coronavirus break out and go, man, I never saw that coming. Now that didn't happen. That never happened. God saw it and he was prepared and he's waiting for you, the church, the bold movement to stand up and lift our voices for him saying, I'm going to take a stand. And we take the suffering. We take the hardship. Why? So that other people see Christ. They see our response. They see the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Verse 18 and 19 of Romans 8 says, now I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So he's even saying right there is these sufferings that we're going for going through right now, they're incomparable to the glory that's going to come when Christ is revealed in us. And this is what I love for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. What he's saying there is there's, there's an eager expectation. The world is groaning is another scripture that talks about the world groaning for the children of God to be revealed. And what you have to understand is the world's response or the world's cry, their, their expectation or their anticipation for the children of God to be revealed doesn't sound like, hey, this is going really bad. Can you tell me about God? Very rarely does that happen. I can tell you right now, I've talked to, to hundreds of people about Jesus very, very, very few times. I would say less than 5% of those people have come up to me with this attitude of, man, I really, I want to hear more about Jesus. I'm really ready for this. No, most of the time it, it starts off with, I don't believe in God. Why would you believe in that? You know, God's causing this, you know, God's not for us. And even though I know that those things aren't true in reality, that's what the world believes. 
And when we're getting attacked, when we're going through suffering, oftentimes the response is just that is God's not for me. God's not here in this. He doesn't hear us. My prayers don't matter. It doesn't matter what I'm doing in this quarantine. I can just sit at home and, and Netflix and chill all day and just do what I want. I don't have to worry about this bold. I'm telling you right now, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're missing an opportunity to reach people in this season. And the way you reach them is to reveal that you are a child of God. And I'm not saying you go out uh, on your rooftop, stand on your roof and just scream at people that you're a Christ follower and that you believe in Jesus. Hey, you can do that. I think it's awesome. You could do it if you want. If your parents are okay with you standing on the roof, that is, I, I'm not, let me just go ahead and put that out there. I'm not condoning standing on roofs, yelling at people. But the point is, is that it's not just this outburst response. No, it's the, the internal response. How are you responding in this time? Are you going deeper in Christ? Are you more hungry than you've ever been? Are you in a place right now where you can honestly say, I'm going after him. I'm not wasting this season. I'm not wasting this time on Netflix and Hulu and video games and nonsense. No, I'm using this time to get into the scriptures and to get the word of God in, in my heart, in my life. The groans of the world are often not ones that you want to partake in. They're not ones that you want to respond to, but it's the ones we have to. We have to respond with grace. We have to respond in love. We have to reveal ourselves as the children of God. In verse 20 and 21, this is where we're going to wrap it up here. It says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. See, this is a very uh, powerful verse here because what Paul is saying is there's, there's a lot of things that are happening that are frustrating that we can't understand. I can tell you just for me, not being able to understand situations or understand what people are walking through is very frustrating for me. It's frustrating walking in uncertainty. But the truth is, is that those are things that I believe we're walking through so that we can be set up to reveal the true nature of God. That we have a God who is for us. And he's not one who is just standing idle by, no. He's allowing these things to happen, why? So that we can glorify him and that his glory can happen. And I can show you, it's right in John 14. And this is red letters, this is Jesus talking. He says, I won't say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about Satan, the devil. And I love Jesus' response. He says, he has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the father and I do exactly what my father has commanded me. See, even Jesus knew. He knew that the ruler of the world, the enemy, the prince of the world, that he was coming and he was coming with an army. He was coming to attack. But Jesus knew right then he has no hold on me. Why? Because I belong to the father. I belong to him. He's shown me grace. He's shown me mercy. He's shown me his faithfulness in times where I never deserved it. So the prince of the world is attacking bold. This coronavirus, this this whole pandemic, this is not God punishing us. This is the enemy trying to turn us away from God. 
to get us to, to not believe that our God is good, that he's for us. And I'm telling you right now, it's your opportunity. It's your time. It's your time to show that you've been liberated from bondage. You've been liberated from sin. You have found freedom from God. And you're going to show him glory. Jesus acknowledged that the devil was coming to attack, but he declared there would be no strongholds. There would be nothing that the enemy could do to detour him away from what he knew his father had commanded him to do. And it was to impact me and you, Bold. It was to set us free. Jesus showed us the way. And we celebrated it yesterday when he was raised from the grave. When after he had gone and battled and won the war, he had gotten the victory. See, this isn't a war that we're, we're fighting towards victory. We're not trying to gain victory. No, 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 no. You're fighting, you're, you're battling from a place of victory. You have victory on your side. And now with that right here, right behind you, if that's what's pushing you forward is knowing that you have the victory, knowing that the enemy has no power on you. He has no stronghold in you because you have the power, the spirit of God, the same spirit that lifted Christ Jesus from the grave. That same spirit now lives in you. It lives in me. And I just want to take a time right here at the end. So we wrap this up. So we've talked about through these scriptures, what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That that spirit is what makes us uh, adopted into God's family. And as sons and daughters, we, we're considered co-heirs with Jesus, heirs of God. And that by that, we, we may go through suffering, but it's to glorify God. It's so that he is seen by man as good. Now, we, we may be, we may be attacked by the enemy, but the glory of God is coming. And it's to our delight, it's to our delight that we may go through suffering, that we may lose some of the world in us so that we can have more of God. So when we lose those things of the world, it just creates space for God. It creates space for the Holy Spirit to come in and take residence inside of us. Bold, I just want to pray with you. And I actually asked Bethany to come uh, with us tonight just to, to lead us in worship because I believe this is a holy moment. I believe this is a time where we've been in the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is in your room right now and he's talking with you. He's leading you. He's ministering to you in this moment. I just want to have a moment of worship and prayer, just declaring the goodness of God. Come on, so if you would, just sing this with me. It's going to be good. Satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul with your love, and you satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul, and you satisfy. Just when I 
Maybe you're in a car listening to this live. Maybe it's you're listening to it way in the future. I just want to pray for you in this moment because I believe that the Spirit of God, He's with you. He's speaking to you right now. And I'm telling you, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, He can be your best friend. He'll be the one who encourages you, that gives you joy, that gives you peace in every situation, in every circumstance. And when you say yes to him and you invite him into your life, it's the best decision you will ever make. He will be the greatest relationship that you ever have. And if that's you, if you're watching this and you want to ask the Holy Spirit to take residence inside of you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to encourage you just to slip up your hand right where you are. And I can't see you. (laughs) I don't know how you're responding. This is between literally you and God. This is a moment where you can respond to God. That's how it happened for me. When I was real young, I just responded to God in my room, just between me and him. If that's you, just begin to respond to him right now and just pray something similar to this. It can be your own words. It can be these. But just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I can't do this on my own. I've been lost for so long. 
but I'm coming back to you. I give you my life. Jesus, I believe that you gave your life for me to pay for my sin so that I wouldn't have to. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for loving me. I believe that you've paid for my sin and that I'll live with you forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Now, even in this moment, for some of you, I believe that the Holy Spirit, he's just speaking to you right now. And it may be new, maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that you've walked in for a long time. But I just wanna pray right now that the Holy Spirit would not only take up residence inside of you, that he would fill you up, but he would reveal the reality of who you are in Jesus, that you are a child of God, that you are an heir of God, a co-heir with Christ, and that he has called you to reveal the, the glory of Jesus Christ on this earth. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hands right where you are. Just begin to pray to God. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Say, God, thank you for pouring out your spirit on earth so that we can know you. And now just make a commitment like we talked about in in Romans. Make a commitment to crushing sin in your life, to saying no to the ways of the world and saying yes to the way of God, the way of life. Come on. Just declare that in your life. Jesus, I'm making a commitment to you. Even if it's just one thing, Jesus, I'm committing to you. I'm not going to do this one anymore. I'm going to to pray to you. I'm not going to, to watch these types of movies anymore. I'm going to get into your word. Come on, just pray that. Make a commitment to God tonight. See, I believe bold when we, when we start to, to cultivate the disciplines of prayer, of purity in our lives, just passion for God. These are the moments where we realize our our purpose, even our identity. So while you're still praying, just ask God, Lord, reveal who I am to you. Reveal my sonship to you. Reveal how as a co-heir I can make a difference in this world. Just pray boldly right now. Pray with passion right where you are. God, I pray for every single student, even any parents, whoever's watching this, whatever time they're watching it, God, I ask right now that your hand would be on them, that you would bless everything that they touch, that they would be ones who bring peace, ones who bring joy, ones who bring the spirit of the living God everywhere that they go. God, I ask that in the midst of a quarantine, you would meet them where they are, that they would know that the reality of who you are is a reality in their lives, that it's not something that's far off. It's not something that's untouchable. It's not something that we can't grab a hold of, but it's something that is with us right here in this moment and that we can stand firm knowing that you're with us, that you're real, that you're good, that you're for us, that your plans are to prosper us and to see us through, that you have a plan for your people, even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of uncertainty, you are still God and you're not going to miss us. You're not going to lose an opportunity to 
to move in our lives, that this is a moment where we can come after you. Jesus, we want more of your spirit. Even though we may be alone, we know that you're with us, that we're never truly alone because the God of all ages is with us. The God of all things is with us. The creator, God, is with us even in these moments. Jesus, make us ones who reveal your glory, that we wouldn't be ones who reveal uh, the, the fruit of the world but we would be ones who are uh, spiritual fruit bearers, that we would have fruits of the spirit in our lives, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control, God. Lord Jesus, would you bless every single person that's watching this, that they would know that you're good, that you're real. Lord God, thank you that you made a way for us. Our hearts are yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the podcast. Again, we're hoping and praying that it blesses you and helps you grow in passion, prayer, purity, and purpose. Go out and be bold.